This is Patrick Patterson, and you're listening to the NTTV Podcast. Welcome into episode 32 of the NTTB podcast. As always, I'm your host, Alex, joined in by my co-host, Anthony. What's good? And uh, first things first, just want to go ahead and give a big thank you to Triple uh, R, Ryan Rivera. He you know, does some other podcasts. Well, what's, the, what's the podcast he does? A, uh, PT. PTGC. PTGC. Right now, the Pimps, Tricks, Gangsta Clips. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> OS, you know, OSC Network. Yeah. Uh so he provided us with the intro that you just heard, and uh, if you if anybody wants to go ahead and kind of get at him, uh, you can definitely you know ask us, and we'll go ahead and put in the word for you. Um, but uh, so let's uh, we have not talked to you guys in a while. We apologize for that. Uh, it's been kind of a crazy couple of weeks, and our schedules haven't really aligned that much during that time. Uh, but still, you know, we're back. We, and all, unf- we, <laughs> go ahead. we also didn't want to put out podcasts in anger. Yes, pod, podcast and, and, you know, there's a lot of people that are depressed out there. We just didn't want them to go ahead and just go through with, you know, whatever, you know, whatever action they might take if they heard something a little bit more depressing. Yeah, we didn't want to. We didn't want to do that. We you wanted know, to, it, it, to stew a little bit and, didn't and want reflect. To be, uh, Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so, I mean, as, as everybody knows, the Thunder season's over with. Uh, they fell to the Utah Jazz Four to two, four games to two in their series that uh, they held home court advantage, um, but uh, it just wasn't meant to be with you know with this team, and it just wasn't meant to be against the Jazz. The Jazz have have turned out to be a very very good team. Surprisingly, um, that you know they're led by a rookie and a you know it was a third year center. Gobert's third Gobert year, or fourth like year, fourth year. I think. No, no, he's a, yeah, he's a fifth year center. He's the same as uh, as Stephen Adams. Um, but yeah, he's he's not very good offensively, no. but he's a tear defensively. He's a one trick pony, but that man. one trick he does well. It's so good, man. Just that whole team is just nothing but defensive guys. Yeah, and then their one offensive guy is happens to be really really good and is in contention for rookie of the year. Yeah, he's, he's he should win it. In my opinion, I think he should win it. Um, but Re- regardless of how you feel about Ben Simmons being a second year player. Um, but he just didn't play his first year. You just the only reason you don't know Donovan Mitchell is because Donovan Mitchell plays in Utah. Utah had one nationally televised game this year. Wow. One. Was it the last game of the well, season? No. Oh. I think they had like two or three. Yeah. But that was it. They were they were, you know yeah, they were on bottom of the totem pole. Yeah, nobody to... thought this team was gonna be any good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um so let's kind of let's kind of start this off by recapping um games five and game six because Man, I, I really wanted to go ahead and kind of come on here a couple weeks ago whenever we had Game 5 uh, because I have my own story to tell when it comes to that game. Um, but, you know, as everybody knows in Game 5, so the Thunder played completely listlessly in the first half and in the first four minutes of the third quarter of the second half. And so with that horrible listlessness that they played with, they found themselves down by 25. So this is an elimination game. They're down three games to two. Uh, or well, no, three games to one in Game Five, elimination game for them at home, 
and they are down by 25. Yeah, down by 15 at halftime and then another 10 to start the Anthony, third quarter. they played horribly. Yeah, you could see it. You could see because you went to the game. I didn't yes. go to the game. So I'm watching this game at the house and on TV you could see that the just the whole energy was sucked out of that place. Like, okay, so if you're going to play defense in the NBA and a team has a good three-point shooter, what do you normally do? That's the guy you're going to focus on. It's the guy you're going to focus on. It's the guy you're going to keep somebody kind of close to him regardless of what happens around that that defender. There were two or three or four plays where Joe Ingles literally did not have anybody within 10 feet of his radius. He sat there, looked at the guys. He's like, you going to guard me? Yeah. No? Okay. All right. And then, and then, um, what's his, Jay Crowder came into the game. He caught fire real quick. Did we find, did we find any reason to go ahead and guard him? No, not at all. Same thing with him. Like, it was just, it, it, it was, it was embarrassing. It was you know the the word of the season frustrating and myself <clears throat> i was not going to watch this team fall like that you know i was I, I was i was angry at them i was at the game angry with them let me just kind of preface this by saying when i drive to a basketball game to the thunder game i drive an hour and a half or an hour and 15 minutes you know so we're driving from lawton uh which is about 90 miles southwest of oklahoma city and so, you know, it's a drive. And this was a late game. This was a game that started at 8.30. Yeah. Uh, so this was a game where regardless of, you know, when it ended, it would be 11. And then, you know, by yeah, the time we got home, probably about 1 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And it was, a, uh, it was a work day. And so when I noticed that they were down by 25, guess what I did? <laughs> and it wasn't just I you. Ch- I chucked the deuces. Half the <laughs> arena did the same thing. I chucked the deuces. I got my – so I went to the game with my mother and two of my kids, and my oldest one, she was pissed off at me. She's like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I said, baby, I'm not going to sit here and watch this. This is embarrassing. You know, they're not playing to their potential. I said, you know, this is some BS. Let's go. You know, we're, we're going to go. And so we're leaving, okay? And so, of course, when you leave a game and the game's still going on, what do you do? You tune in on the radio, yeah, Matt you tune Pinto. In, or you get onto uh, the NBA app or the Oklahoma City Thunder app. Yeah. And you look at the score, and you look at it, and you you know you start, to, you know, as we're leaving the arena. Of course, it takes us like you know five minutes to leave the arena, so we hear the cheers, and so apparently, I guess Russ had hit a three, or, or something like that. You know, just something that yeah, the mo- the momentum shifted. Yeah, a little bit, you know, but it, we were still down by twenty one. By yep. the time we left the arena, we were still down by twenty one, um, and so you know we're walking to the car, and it takes us about fifteen minutes to walk to the car. So we're walking to the car, and I'm looking at my phone, and I'm like, oh crap. By the time we got to the car, they were down by 10. Okay. By the time we got to, oh, let's say I-44, the highway, the game was tied. So, you know, my daughter's back there just brewing. Huffing and puffing. Just completely, like, completely mad. And you know what? So, of course, they came back and they won the game. You know, the Thunder came back and won the game. Of course, of course they would do that to me. You know, of course they would, you know, so, you know, they came back and they won the game 107 to 99. Um, but... You know, and, and I feel bad because I took that moment away from, from my daughter. You know, I, I had been present whenever the Thunder made their 8-0 run um, in 2010 against the Lakers to win that, you know, win game three. Right. 
you know, I was there whenever they were down by 16 in game six of the Western Conference Finals in 2012, where they came back and they won that and they made it to the finals. Yep. You know, I was there for all that. You know, we were, and so at points in those games, we were down. It looked bad, but we came back and we won. And man, those were great experiences for me. So I'm kind of mad. You know, I'm kind of disappointed in myself because of my selfishness that I actually took that moment away from her. But, uh, but yeah, man, I mean, I, well, <laughs> that first half was just. Uh, I'll tell you, watching the game at home, I thought they. It seemed like the energy was sucked out of the building. Uh, it seemed like they just, they just was a foregone conclusion. They, like the players just thought like, it was over. It seemed like they were ready to go on their vacation. That's like they it. were done. They were, they were so frustrated with this. I think, I think it was a culmination of all the frustration of the season. And I, and I think you could just read on their faces. They were like, you know what? Just screw why, this. Why bother? Yeah, why even bother? You know, it's, you know. <laughs> And so, it's it's one thing to doubt Russell Westbrook, but go ahead. Well, and you could see that. So that you could see that through the game. Once they're down by twenty five, I'm like, this this is over. Mm-hmm. So in all honesty, I turned off the game. I changed the channel. I was yeah. like, they're losing. I can't watch them go out like this. But then I was like, you know what? About ten fifteen minutes later, I was like, look, I ride and die with this team every year for ten years. Yeah. If they're gonna go out like this, I'm gonna watch them go out like this. So mm-hmm. I turned the game back on. Right towards the beginning of the fourth quarter, when so I missed the surge. I caught the tail end of the surge uh-huh. uh, to catch them come up, and then in the fourth quarter they just finished it off there. So I ended up yeah. watching the game, but I definitely missed some of the comeback. Uh, I just it just looked like they they didn't care. It's not that they didn't care. It just looked like in their minds it was a foregone conclusion. So why bother? It just seemed like to like in that first half you could kind of see their faces. It just seemed like it was a puzzle that they couldn't figure out. Like, the Utah Jazz were this puzzle that they just, you know, their defense, it just flummoxed them completely. Like, Joe Ingles, like you were saying, four for nine from three-pointer. Jay Crowder, six for 14. Ricky well, Rubio, two for five. But, okay, so you're saying four for nine for the game. For the game, but, but he was four for four in the, in the first, first half, half. He was four for four or four for five. Yeah. And I know, uh, I know Jay Crowder was, like, five for six in the first half. Yeah. So, it was just, you know, and I, I think – they each got one more in the second half, and it was during that four-minute span at the, at the beginning of the second half where they went up 10 points more to 25 um, where that happened. What frustrated me about this game is that they spent all their attention focusing on Donovan Mitchell mm-hmm. while it was everybody else who was killing them. Yeah, yeah. Their, their game plan was to make everybody else beat them. And unfortunately, in, that, you know, in the first, what, 28 minutes of the game, everybody else was beating them. Yeah. You know, you you kept Donovan Mitchell to a total of twenty three points in forty minutes of gameplay, but everybody else. I mean, uh, Rubio had ten, Ingles had sixteen, Gobert had eleven, Derek Favors had ten, and Derek Favors was putting up huge numbers. Yeah, uh, this entire season uh, or this entire series, Jay Crowder twenty seven points off the bench. Uh, it just it was frustrating. instead of it adjusting mid game. Yes. They just kept with the same focus. They, they were doing the definition of insanity. You might win, but he didn't do anything. Yeah, they were doing the definition of insanity. And it, it was, it, it was, uh, it, man, you don't understand. Like, when you, like, I ride, or, I ride or die for this team. And like I've mentioned in previous podcasts, I invest emotionally in it. You know, this is, this is my passion. You know, other people have other passions. Other people, their passions are cars. Passion is art. Their passions are are sneakers or whatever. 
this is my passion. Basketball is my passion. I love basketball. My wife will never understand it. Um, she can look at me and she can, you know, when I get frustrated in a game, she can look at me and just be like, it's just a game. They don't care about your reaction. It's just a game. But it is my passion. It is what I love. And being that there's a team here locally, it is passion compounded by uh, civics. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it's your civic duty to kind of cheer for this team type thing. Um, and so, man, when they were playing that first half, it hurt, man. It was like, I cannot believe I am watching this. I cannot, you know, if there's one thing that you can usually bet on is that when the Oklahoma City Thunder play at home in a big-time game, usually they play good. Yeah, they come They play out. well. They compete. This game, first 28 minutes, they were a they were a beaten team. They were a beaten team. They were they looked lost. They looked like like this is this was a type of game where if this was continued, I think Donovan. I mean, uh, I think Billy Donovan would have been done. I honestly think that Donovan, uh, Billy Donovan's uh, career in Oklahoma City would have been done. You know, but they won. You know, they made it out of there one hundred seven ninety nine. Well, they, I mean, they, they rode the backs of Paul George. It's basically a two man game between George and Westbrook. Mm-hmm. George had thirty four points, two rebounds, eight assists. Westbrook had forty five points, seven rebounds, fifteen assists. And this was a game where. For most of the rally in most of the fourth quarter, Carmelo Anthony was on the bench. Yeah. Carmelo Anthony was on the bench. And, that, and, that rally had nothing to do with him. And, who and else, he tried to get into the game several times, but they kept pushing him yeah, back. Yeah, he, he had that little spat with uh, Mo Cheeks and with Billy Donovan about wanting to get back in the game. And eventually he did get back in, but for most of the rally, he was out. Yeah. You know, he was out of the game. Um, so so I, I do want to kind of bring up the fact that so George had 34, Westbrook had 45. You know, that's, what, 79 points right there? Mm-hmm. We scored 107. So you talk about 28 points from everybody else. And, and it's, it's kind of knickknacks. Six points from Adams, seven points for Melo, five points for Corey Brewer, three points from Alex Sabrinas, who hit a huge, yeah, his, huge, huge three-point. Three. He, he has, a, he has, a, he has a, a habit of doing that, of, of like not really contributing too much – for most of the game, and but all of a sudden, like a big three pointer, yeah. yeah. But he's also had that uh, confidence to just chuck it. Yeah, he does. He in that second in mm. the second half of this season, he's developed that confidence to just chuck the three pointer or make the move. And uh, he played well defensively. He played extremely well. The little general Raymond Felton, the two points. Grant four points. Even Houston getting in with one point. Uh, Houston, you know, <laughs> Houston. Yeah. So there's. It was spread out. You had a lot of key guys helping out little by little. But I think here here was the big here was the big stat or or the big thing in the game that helped the Thunder the foul trouble of Gobert mm-hmm. and Favors. I think did did Gobert eventually foul out? I believe Gobert fouled out. I know Derek game. Favors fouled out. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, those guys. Favors were, had five personal fouls. Okay, Gobert had five personal fouls. Okay, Rubio had four. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, but but I mean, just the bigs. Yeah, the, the bigs were in foul trouble for most of the game. Yeah, they didn't foul out, uh, but they were held out for large periods of time during the third and the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And so during that time is when the Thunder made their rally. And so we won that game. I was happy, but I knew that game six would happen, and Gobert would start the game with zero fouls. Like he wouldn't be in foul trouble again. You know. And so that was my biggest worry. So we move on to game six. And game six was just, 
it was a microcosm of the season, basically. We started off good. We were up, you know, we were up after after one after the first uh, quarter. What were we up by five or I think five or seven, something like that. We were up by four. We were up by four. Okay, so I was wrong, but we were up by four. So we were up. Second quarter came around, and just like it usually happens, whenever Westbrook is out of the game, um, every other team finds their footing, and so. You know they kind of outscored us big time in that they out, quarter. They outscored us by four, so they so it was tied. So it was tied at half. Mm-hmm. Okay, but here's here's the funny thing that kind of happened in this game. So Ricky Rubio got injured in the first half. Mm-hmm. Okay, he went out with a hamstring injury, yep. severe one apparently because he's out for about two weeks after that game. Um, so the 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 Jazz had to make a little tweak on offense, and so Donovan Mitchell was their point guard. And then you know, as far as the other per- the other yeah, person that Exum, came in, I think was no, it was O'Neal, the oh, okay, yeah. Royce O'Neal, yeah. which is an, he's another rookie. That's that's the kind of crazy thing about this is that Royce O'Neal is a rookie. Uh, but anyway, so he came in and he completely so Donovan Mitchell Mitchell at point guard completely puzzled the Thunder. They did not they did not know how to stop it. He drove it into the lane. He'd either get baskets or, of course. You know, completely collapse the defense and find Ingles, find Crowder, find, you know, O'Neal, whoever, for, for jumper after jumper after jumper. And so after three, I think they outscored them. So they outscored us by eight. Yeah, so the they were up by eight, heading head into the fourth. Yeah. And, of course, as we like to do, you know, we like to make the game close. And so we literally had, like, so number one, so we had, like, eight opportunities to tie the game. In the final seconds. Including a controversial three-pointer. Yes. So, I mean, but we were grabbing offensive rebounds, passing it back to shooters. They weren't making them. Paul George, Carmelo Anthony, Russell Westbrook, nobody was making that three-pointer that we needed. And so on the last attempt that we had, you know, it was an out-of-bounds play. Paul George got the ball, pump faked, got Gobert into the, into the air at him, kind of charging at him. Paul George jumped kind of into him. There was contact. As most offensive players do. Yes. There was contact. No call. No call at all. I thought that was BS. I thought it was a bad call. But let's kind of rewind back to a couple seconds before that. There was a play where Paul George went up for a shot, and he got hit by, I believe it was Jay Crowder. He got hit by Jay Crowder on a three-point attempt. They called it on the floor. You know, that's two calls, two controversial calls in the final minutes, final seconds of an elimination game, and the refs swallowed their whistle. You know, it's just like it's a microcosm of the season. You know, you had – you saw the ebbs and flow of a game. You saw the, the Thunder struggle. You know, you had you had uh, Westbrook putting up 46 points, but then you had Paul George only putting up five. You had Carmelo Anthony only putting up uh, seven. And so at the end of it – you know, Thunder lost it 96-91, to 91, and that was their season. Yeah. On the other hand, like you were saying, Donovan Mitchell had 38 points in 40 minutes. He's amazing. Um, he was 14 for 26, 5 for 8 from 3-point. Yeah, yeah he, was, he was... Joe Ingles, 3 for 6 from 3-point. He was amazing this whole series, man. It's, I mean, it's just... You look at him and you're like, he's just a rookie. You know, he's just a rookie. What's going to happen when he puts on NBA muscle? Yeah. You know, the... The, the way that I can kind of explain him is he's Dwayne Wade with a, with a jump shot. 
you know, he's able to, Dwayne Wade never really had the ability to hit threes. You know, he was more of a mid-range player. He's more of a drive to the basket. And Donovan Mitchell has that, but he also has a three-pointer. And so now the only thing that scares you about Donovan Mitchell or scares me, I should say, and I think scares most people is he's a volume shooter. He has to shoot a lot to score a lot. A la Kobe Bryant, right? The last known volume shooter that we had out there. Now, granted, Kobe Bryant is one of the greats Mm -hmm. in there. But again, like Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant, what, had 81 points in like 60 something attempts. Yeah, the Toronto game. So, you know what I mean? So, you know, will that eventually hurt his development or hurt any team that so. he's on in the future? I don't think so because the thing is he's not he's not completely a jump shooter. Like his drive sets up the rest of his offense. And so his ability to get into the paint and drive um kind of kind of takes away that that need to be a, just a jump shooter, you know, type thing. Um, but yeah, there there it goes. There, that's the that's how the season ends for us. A couple controversial calls. Oh, and to follow up with that, mm-hmm. uh-huh. since we've already you know, as a fan, been like, since we've already screwed you, uh, the NBA follows up with the last two minute report and says and they says were right. They were right. There was no foul on that yeah, play. Get out of here with that, man. And even I mean, to the credit, I think I think you posted that on Twitter or whatever. You're like, even Gobert thought he fouled. Paul even George. the coach thought that they fouled. <laughs> like the coach put his hands over his head. Like, why did you do that? Yeah. No call. I mean, it, it was just it, it was amazing to me that they didn't call a foul. But knowing how George was playing that game, he probably would have missed one or two. I mean. But, you know, then again, it is what it is. Again, a microcosm of the season yeah, in that one game, controversial call, you know, two of the three guys not stepping up. George had a horrible game. Uh, Melo, we're going to get into him. He just couldn't find a rhythm in that game. Yeah, we're going to get into Melo here in a little bit. Uh, <clears throat> but, of course, end of the season, what usually happens is day, the day after the end of the season, exit, exit interviews. interviews. Yep. And so – First up, I think this was the biggest like hot topic that came out of the exit interviews for the Thunder. Yeah, so Carmelo Anthony got to the mic, and you know Carmelo has been a good soldier this whole year. He said the right thing. Um, he's done what they've asked him to do. Exactly. Exactly. You know there there was there was a high potential that if Carmelo Anthony was unhappy, that he could he could have completely sunk the ship. I mean, he could have been in a locker room cancer. Like, a lot of the guys in the locker room respect him. Um, and so it could have been a, a very bad situation if Carmelo would have found himself not happy in his role. Um, but season's over with. Might as well go ahead and dish it all out. So basically, Carmelo was like, look, I came here right before the season started. Billy Donovan... He basically threw Billy Donovan on the bus saying that he didn't really have a a role for him. And so they kind of played it by ear as far as what they wanted him to do. And basically, Carmelo Anthony is basically saying that he didn't like the role that he played this year. And he's probably not going to play it next year. So he's, you know, he's probably not going to be in the same role next year. He wants to be more of a focal point on the offensive end. He wants to be more like New York Carmelo. Um, and as soon as somebody said, Hey, would you be willing to come off the bench? He was like, Nope, I'm not going to sacrifice that. I sacrifice damn near everything. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to do a bench roll. I mean, to so, his credit, that's how the first interview that he did with the organization mm-hmm. said the same thing. When, uh, somebody asked him about playing off the, 
playing off the bench. Paul George happened to be hey, walking P. by. The, hey, P, these guys want me to come off the bench. It starts laughing. I mean, he said it the whole time. Yeah. And, you know, did Donovan not have a role for him? Yeah. I mean, look how late the organization yeah. made this trade and got him in there. <clears throat> and so did they play it by ear the first half of the season? Probably. Mm-hmm. Um, is he not a good fit at the four? Probably. Probably not. You know, yeah, okay, so he wants to be focused more on the offense. I think I don't – I'm not entirely upset with that idea mm. as long as he recognizes the fact that he's not Carmelo Anthony from Denver. Here's, here's my thing with Melo. Everything that he said, it's okay. I mean, like I don't necessarily look at Carmelo saying this and want him completely gone out of town. Like first, you know, first thing smoking, let's get him out of town. Yeah. You know, he kind of has the right to kind of say these types of things because he is a good player. You know, he you know, well, no, no, no. I mean, he was a good player. And so some, some guys that used to be great players have a very difficult time adjusting to life as a role player, life as a mediocre player. Iverson could never do it. You know, Iverson, he may have been able to – he may Iverson could have been a great sixth man off the bench. Instant offense, never wanted that role, and so he was out of the league probably before his his due date was, yeah. you know, probably before the time that he really should have retired. Um, and so Carmelo kind of gives me with this with these statements kind of gives me vibes of that, but it's it's not necessarily it's not necessarily wrong. Like you can say a statement like this and be in the wrong, but not be wrong. Yeah, type thing, yeah. you know. And this guy did sacrifice everything. This guy basically came to Oklahoma in the middle of a divorce battle. You know, so he had that drama going on with, with his wife or ex-wife. I don't know what she is now, Lala. And then he had to leave his son. Like, he's very close to his son. Yeah, he's very attached to his kid. He's a good father. He's very attached to his son. And he had to leave him to come here. So I can kind of see how, you know, if if we would have had this exit interview after the Western Conference Finals, I could see maybe where he would have been like, you know, Maybe I'll come back for this role. You know, it's something that I can maybe work on with a with an off season. But a first round <laughs> exit where he was basically benched for a lot of the, you Crucial know, critical parts. periods. You know, he's probably like, look, I can go do this somewhere else and maybe be, you know, a little bit more featured on the offensive end, a little bit more, you know, that type of thing. So I don't necessarily fault him for having these these opinions and these thoughts, but he's not going to work here. Yeah, if, if he doesn't adjust, he's not going to work here. And and I think he's he's got to adjust a little bit. And I understand that. And mm-hmm. again, I don't necessarily like I've told you and I've told other people. Cool, you you want to be a starter? Cool, I'm not mad at that. Yeah, but understand that if you're, in my opinion, your role might be decreased in the fourth quarter kind of situations. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you and that's be, how I look at it. If that's you want to be a realistic. starter in name. I mean, and, the Thunder can do that. And and. And this is something I've said that we need to get away from is the iso ball. The hero game is not going to work anymore. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. Westbrook needs help. And offense needs multiple outlets. You almost need like a variation of the triangle. Yeah. Uh, something where the ball moves, the players, you know, the, the, the ball movement dictates the player movement dictates the shot. Yeah. And the situation. We all know Jordan was getting the ball in the triangle offense. 
right? But him moving, him getting it to Scottie Pippen, him dunking it down to the big men down in there, freed up shots for him later on in the game. Well, I mean, we need an offense that involves more than one player. It's no, it, it's no coincidence that two of the game-winning shots that won the title for Chicago were by teammates. Yeah, you know John Paxson and Steve Kerr. You know, so it's it's no coincidence that you know within an offense, number one, there needs to be trust. Uh, and number two, there needs to be an offense to where guys can get open. Yeah. And so, what I noticed a lot with what I noticed a lot with this series was that we got beat by a team. Not necessarily like if you take if you take Utah's team, and you have a two K NBA two K tournament. Most of our guys are going to be higher, have higher scores than their, their, yeah, their higher guys. Higher player ratings. Yeah, higher player ratings than their guys. You know. We got beat by a team. Utah was, we could not figure them out on offense. They were moving around. They were, you know, driving in, dishing. They were, you know, they well, were they, setting screens. Everybody was setting screens. Everybody was moving around. And then with us, it was just Westbrook, pick and roll, high pick and roll, Adams. When they shut that down, there was hardly anything else. There was no space to breathe. There was nothing. Utah's the definition of a team. Yes. Everybody thought they were going to be garbage, rightfully mm-hmm. so. Everybody left out. Um, and what it turned into is they were really, really good defensively. They bought in mm-hmm. to what the coach was selling. And then they discovered, you know, they discovered this gold piece that they and thought that, was. That know. Rubio trade. Yeah. Basically allowed Rubio to be, do what Ricky Rubio does, which is mm-hmm. orchestrate an offense. And then all of a sudden you buy into the team conf- concept. And you have a guy that can run that concept, and all of a sudden you got open shots. Mm-hmm. And then you have a rookie who develops phenomenally, yeah. and all of a sudden he's a guy that can get you offense at any moment. That's what I meant. Yeah, they, they found gold when they found Mitchell. Yeah. So you know, if Mitchell would have been a normal number, was it 14 pick? If he would have been a normal number 14 pick, you know, you're probably looking at lottery bound Utah again. But they found gold with mm-hmm. this guy. You know, this is, this is, this is house money when it comes <laughs> When it comes to finding this guy. And so, yeah, you know, we got beat by a team. And I don't know if this is something that Westbrook needs to look at. Because, number one, Westbrook looked hurt the entire series. He looked like something was he bothering him. He did look him. a little off, yeah. You know, he was wearing the KT tape on his shoulders. He had the cupping. Yeah, he had the cupping on his shoulder. And the last time that happened was earlier in the season where you kind of knew that something was up with his upper body. Mm. Um, so you, he had that. And and here's the thing, like I, so being that I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm able to participate in Thunder Games as media. Sometimes, I get to know some of the media members, and so during Game Five, during halftime of Game Five, I was in the corridor about to uh, about to use the restroom at the game, and I saw one of the guys from the media, and you know he knows me, so I said, hey, you know what's up? You know he said what's up? And I said what's going on out there, man? And he was like. Man, I have no idea. And I was like, what's going on with Russell? He's like, I think he's hurt. You know, there's a lot of rumors going around that something's wrong with him, that he's hurt. It could just be wear and tear. It could, you know, this is me talking now. This is not him. But it could just be wear and tear. It could just be he's been in the league 10 years. Yeah, long season. And the way he plays. You know, it's not like he's a shooter. It's not like he's – it's the way he plays. You know, he plays balls to the wall, hundred you know, it's 100 miles way. an hour. And it's the only way he knows it's how to play. It's the only way he knows how to play. And so he's coming up on being 30 years old. That catches up with you, man. Eventually that catches up with you. And so, you know, he kind of needs to go ahead and kind of, number one, start to see that 
this whole I, I don't want to call it iso ball with Russ, um, but him being the number one focal point, eighty percent of a game, that needs to stop, man. That 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 needs to stop, and. <laughs> And he just he needs to kind of preserve himself. Yeah, well, I've had people suggest that maybe it's time for him to move to the two, mm-hmm. and you know bring in a point guard to run the offense, and that way that draws a little bit less attention on Westbrook and allows him to move around freely mm-hmm. instead of you know being targeted from the moment. But he I don't agree with up. that because he's he's not a uh, he's not a move around and get the ball type of guy. You know, he's a I need the ball in my hands type of guy. And that's how he's more, most successful. You don't want to have a player either that you strip away what his strengths. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you have somebody who is trying to trying to win a game with his weaknesses. But to to counteract your point, mm-hmm. we saw that with James Harden. James Harden went from being the shooting guard to the point guard. Well, and yeah. it did wonders for his career. Well, yeah, I mean, and I, and I think like somebody like Donovan Mitchell could probably do that too. Like, you know, his – his apex could be playing point guard in this league. You know, he's a shooting guard now, but his his top notch, you know, where where you see the the best out of Donovan Mitchell maybe as a point guard in this league. Um so moving on to uh, to Paul George's interview, he said all the right things. He said that the Oklahoma City Thunder checked all the boxes as far as him coming back. Um he said that, you know, he'll keep in touch with Presty, Donovan, Westbrook, and Stevo. What name was missing? <laughs> Mello was not in that list. Um, you know, he said that he enjoyed his time with his organization, and he said, you know, he kept on saying the whole thing that he said. He said all year, he's, it's year one. He's been consistent all year mm-hmm. with everything that he's saying, and I didn't expect anything less than the exit interview. Yeah, I mean, and it's, but here's the thing: we've been burned before, and so, so until. Pen to paper, with the Oklahoma City logo on top of that paper. Yeah. I, I'm 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 very wary. That's why I don't listen to rumors or you know. I think mm-hmm. Ryan Rosillo had a, a trusted source that said that it was basically a done deal that He's he was gone. out of Oklahoma City. So, and of course, you know Ryan Rosillo has a show on ESPN, and he's he's very much he's in the know. He's in the know with it with the NBA. Um, and, you know, so the next day he had to kind of retract on that. Not necessarily retract. But, but clarify. Clari- but clarify that it wasn't necessarily Paul George that said that he's gone. You know, it was a trusted source. Um, and so, you know, it's, it may be a guy jumping the gun trying to get a story. Maybe a guy looking to get listens on his radio show. Whatever it may be. But that possibility is still there. And that possibility is there. But until I see something definite, I'm just gonna let it roll off my back yeah if he stays he stays then we have a bright outlook we can work on some things if he goes then we're gonna have to pivot and and refocus and figure out what it is we need to do but you know like i said you know i he's said all the right things Mm -hmm. and i expected nothing less from him yeah um westbrook nothing nothing really too uh too outlandish from westbrook you know he's he's signed you know he (laughs) he is signed with us and you know, he's going to go to battle with us next year. I mean, it's just that's, – it is what it is. Uh, and so a couple days later, uh, Sam Presti had his exit interview. And so a couple big things from that, of course, Donovan is coming back. Billy Donovan is coming back as coach. So those of you that wanted him to be fired, me included, um, you know, a little disappointed that we couldn't go – we couldn't pivot a different direction. Um, 
Well, let's hear. Let's hope that he pivots a different direction as far as mm-hmm. the offensive scheme. And that so so whenever you say that, so it it kind of you kind of have to ask: Is this a Donovan issue? or Is this a Westbrook issue? As far as the offense goes, you know, and I, I think it's fifty-fifty. I, th- I I think I, th- I think Donovan came into this organization, and they told him, "Look, that's your point guard right there," and he plays a certain way. So I know you want to institute this whole ball movement thing, uh, but we're trying to sign him. He's coming up on free agency. He needs the ball in his hand. Well, I, I think I think it might be threefold. Actually, I think it might be a little bit of Westbrook, a little bit of Donovan, a little bit of bench. You know. In 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 the sense that mm-hmm. we don't have guys that can just come up and light up the offense off the bench. No, we don't. We've never. I mean, outside of and James we, Harden, we never. And have. we've had we haven't had that in a long time, and so that doesn't necessarily make things easier for any of the starters mm-hmm. or spacing on the floor. Yeah. So the lack of depth or development on the bench, I think, plays a key factor into how our offensive flow and all that other stuff. Yeah, I mean. And, I mean, this goes back to Westbrook and whether we're ever going to run an offense that, that moves the ball. I mean, it just it kind of goes back to that. So Honestly, I think a two-man offense, a an old-school-style offense, kind of like uh, Shaq and Penny, mm-hmm. you know, get the, go- get, the, get the ball to the big man, let him do work, and then that opens up the floor for everybody else. Who's your big man? Steven Adams. So like a two-man game between Westbrook and Adams uh-huh. uh, to open up spacing. And then, yeah. you know, uh, hopefully we can get these guys to move past where they're at now and have more consistent three-pointers from Jeremy Grant, Alex Sabrina, I I, I, you know, so on and so forth. I think the focus, the focal point of our offense was the two-man game between Westbrook and Adams. But Utah completely snuffed that out. And that was their entire game plan was to snuff that out. And outside of a of a monster game from Paul George in game one and outside of Westbrook and Paul George going super scion in game two in game five, the the thunder could not, the, the thunder could not rely on the Westbrook Adams combo. Well, Adams went off in game six. He had 27, 24 points. He did. And then George didn't go but, off. But exactly. George yeah. had only, you know. yeah. So, I mean, so Donovan's coming back. Um, and Presti basically started the, the, the interview saying, look, you know, we had some high points. We were top 10 in offense, top 10 in defense, um, you know, all, you know, stat here, stat there. But he was like, I'm disappointed in this season, you know, and it's whenever the G and that's, and that's something that for Presti, you don't really hear that from him. Like he, he usually expounds the, the positives of the season and he expounds how, you know we're we're developing and we're growing, and for him to say that this was a disappointing season, kind of puts everything into perspective. Kind of puts, you know, the the fans' feelings of this season. It kind of gives us a a nudge that we were right. You know, kind of gives us a hey, you, you confirmation guys, like hey, yeah, yeah you guys yeah. were right. This was a crappy season, um, and it, it, it. So okay, so let me be honest with you. So anytime the season ends, I'm usually a ball of despair for about a week there. <laughs> I'm usually like down in the dumps. I'm like, oh, what am I going to do now? Baseball sucks, even though I love the Red Sox. But I'm like, all we have is baseball. I'm so bored. What are we going to do? You know, it's just like you're literally, I literally sink into a depression for about a week there, you know. 
This season, none of that. I I am like there has been a weight lifted off my shoulders with the ending of the season. Like whenever that horn sounded in game six at the end of it, I was like, ah, it's over. This, this frustration, this, like I said, I invest emotionally in this, in this team. And this season was completely draining. It was utterly draining. And I don't know if it's because I did this podcast too, <laughs> and I had to put my you feelings out there. Yeah. yeah, I had to relive it every time that we, you know, but it was draining. And when, that's, that, when that final horn sounded, I was like, you know what? <sighs> Thank goodness. I'm good to go. You know, I'm, I'm, I, I'm okay that it's over. I'm, I'm starting to get a little bit itchy now as far as wanting to watch some Thunder games. But, man, I'm telling you, Seasons before this, anytime that finals horn sounded and we were out of the playoffs, I was I, I was depressed for a week to two weeks. Didn't even want to get up and go no, to work. Nope. This season, psh, I'm like, thank goodness. That's how bad it's been. It's, so if so if Presty says it was a disappointing season, yeah. it kind of it kind of confirms it, my feelings. It has been an up and down season to say the least. So so you had some questions. So a question I posed to Samuel you. Presty. Does Sam Presti deserve maybe more criticism than he's getting? I mean, I think overall, when you look at the body of work, I mean, he deserves criticism for some things that he's done in the past. I mean, the big sore thumb, the big one out there is the Harden trade. Yeah. And not wanting to go into luxury tax for $4 million, we're talking about. And I mean, the thing with that, I mean, it's not his fault. Like, he has to get the okay from ownership to do that. And so if they said no... But he couldn't do that. But of course, you know the Harden trade is is the big sore thumb. KD leaving, you know. Um, I I don't necessarily put that one on him. There's not much you can do about I, that. I, I think there's causality between Harden leaving and KD leaving. You know, between Harden being traded and KD leaving. Maybe. You know, and us not be not in that time from Harden being traded to him leaving, us not being able to get past the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, but there was a lot of injuries in between those. Well, years. there is. Yeah, but. Uh, do I think he deserves more criticism, like for this he, season? He seems to get like a pass. He does. Since we've been here, I don't really think anybody's ever spoken negatively of him, mm-hmm. uh, and not that I'm not that I'm encouraging that because I think he's done a tremendous job for this organization and for this team. But here, here's what I worry about with with Presty is that we find comfort in mediocrity, and I know, and I know. I know we can be great, but just because you get Paul George or Carmelo Anthony to come to your team, if that doesn't mesh together, that's either on the coach or on the GM. And so it becomes the GM's job to either go ahead and fire the coach and get somebody in that works or to get players that work in the system type thing. And so, does he deserve some criticism? I think he does. Here's the only thing that I can necessarily, that I would criticize him openly about, uh-huh. is that the, the Thunder have been fantastic at finding young talent. Yes. Phenomenal. But it seems like either they develop and move on, or they don't develop at all, and there's no... We just keep continuing. Well, we'll just get another young guy, 
and hopefully in two or three years he develops. That bench is, and and I'm talking about specifically the bench. It's mm. never been great. No, it hasn't. Dur- I mean, you, during it, the Katie years, it during was, the Harden years, it was whenever Harden was on. There. Right, that's but, the only. But time Harden was the only guy. You see what I'm saying? Like, no, no, he wasn't. No, I mean, you had Harden. You had a young Nick, Coll- a younger Nick Collison. You had Eric Maynard. I mean, these were guys that were brought in on great moves by by Presti. You know, the move to get Maynard, if Maynard doesn't tear his ACL in 2000, you know, 2000, what, 2011, 2012, if he doesn't tear his ACL, you know, we may talk, we may be talking about somebody that was an essential piece for our bench or somebody that brought in another piece because he might have been wanted around the league. Maynard was, he was okay. You know, Maynard was good. He wasn't great offensively, but as a floor general, he was good. Um, you know, you had Harden, you had a younger Nick Collison, you had, you know, you had certain pieces, certain players that fit roles. Um, like I, I, guys that like PG or PG, uh, Perry Jones the third. Yeah, a guy that was highly you know drafted well, and I just thought never got any I, I, yeah, time to develop. They didn't. They, they never did a good job with him or Jeremy Lamb. Jeremy Lamb is the same yeah. guy. Josh Hustis. I just don't understand how. Mm-hmm. He still has yet to get like significant minutes to see what this guy's got. I, yeah, no, I I, I get that. I mean, that's just kind it, of my frustration. Is with that Sam completely Presti. on Presti? I mean, he's just he's the one. He's the face in front of the of the line. Yeah, I don't think that's all Presti's fault. But ultimately, when it's all said and done, Presti's the guy that puts the team together. Yeah, I mean, I think look to begin the season, you would if you would have told me that we'd be disappointed in Presti at the end of the season. I would have been like, you smoking something. Because we got Paul George, we got Carmelo Anthony, we signed good veterans. Oh, in, they were phenomenal in, moves. And Patrick Patterson and yeah. Raymond Felton. Um, we drafted this guy, you know, this young kid. I don't know about that, you know, Terrence Ferguson. But, you know, at the beginning of the season, I was like, give this man GM of the year already. Yeah. And, you know, fast forward to, you know, now where we're standing. And, you know, you can you, you see that it didn't work out as well as you thought it would. Um, but it's, so in science, whenever you do an experiment, you know, at at the beginning of the experiment you do, you make a hypothesis and your hypothesis is a definitive statement that says, Hey, this is going to happen at the end of this experiment. Yeah. This is what I believe will happen. Yeah. And you do your experiment and then you base your conclusion based off of what happened in the experiment based off of the hypothesis. So whether, you know, the hypothesis ran true, you know, rang true or whether there are things that happened that made it false. And so beginning of the season, you looked at this team and you're like, this team is going to be great. This team's going to win, you know, 50 plus 60, you know, maybe even 60 games, so on and so forth. And so at the end of the season, you look at it and you're like, it didn't really work out. But just like any other experiment that you do, sometimes you take parts from that experiment and you say, well, this worked out, you know, where this... So whenever you look at that, whenever you look at the season, Paul George can work out with this team. He shot 40% from three. This is, some, this is somebody that Westbrook needs. Yeah, yeah, you know? no, I think Paul George definitely fits. I think Raymond Felton was a great veteran. Mm. He's a good veteran. I don't know. So, well, but, I mean, there was times where he came in and he controlled that game and brought us back in that game. Yes, yeah, there were. And he stayed healthy. I think Patrick Patterson eventually – 
found his niche coming off the mm-hmm. off the bench and then developed into a strong game. Jeremy, Jeremy Grant. Grant is developing great. Alex Sabrinas. Alex Sabrinas developed great. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of there's things that potential. Uh, now in year two, now if we bring these guys back for year two, mm-hmm. you know, can we take a bigger step? And that's, that's what I think. That's what I think Donovan needs, man. I, continuity. The yeah. man has had a different team every year he's been in the league. He's been in the year, league three years. First first year he had, you know, the KD Westbrook, you know, took the the, the Warriors to the Game Seven Western Conference Finals. The season after that. Durant leaves. It's just Westbrook. Westbrook goes off and wins MVP, but he, he doesn't really have support around him, and they lose in the first round. And then this year, you know, you have PG, you have Melo, you have all these guys, all these new faces come in, and it's up and down. It's up and down. You know, it's it's not. It, it's a disappointment. You know, the previous years before that, it's been he's risen above expectations. This year, it was below expectations, and so the man needs. Consistency. Yeah. Any coach needs consistency. I mean, if you bring in, you know, this is not college. This is not, co- you know, I know Billy Donovan had his success in college. and But he had the, basically the same core guys for both, both but, runs. When that, exactly. Whenever he was his most successful was when he had a core group of guys. And then when they won the championship, instead of, you know, some of them saying, hey, I'm going to the NBA, all three of the core guys said, hey, you know what? Let's try this again. And they won a second time, you know? Um, so he needs consistency, and that's that's hopefully, outside of Carmelo Anthony, hopefully most of his team comes back. Um, so so yeah, so ho- hopefully that happens, and hopefully we get a little bit more consistent consistency. Um, but it was still a disappointing end to the season. Um, so moving on to some other Thunder news. So Abrinas he had uh, sports hernia surgery here a couple days ago. You know, of course, every time. Abrinas does something. He takes the the little Instagram picture at the end where he, you know, <laughs> thumbs up and he's smiling. So apparently everything went well. I don't know when he suffered that hernia. I don't know. That's something that was bothering him near the end of the season. Something that was bothering him all season. We just didn't realize. Yeah. So good to hear that. He he'll be he'll be away from activity for about six weeks, and then from that you know from that point on, he can go ahead and start to uh, rehab and you know get back into 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 playing shape. And so today, Andre Robertson's brother. Uh, he graduated from UCO. Good to hear that. Yeah. Good Congratulations. job. Congratulations. And big news. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. On Instagram today, Paul George and Russell Westbrook were spotted together playing paintball. So, let me, so, so, before today. To be fair, they're both in LA. Yeah, I mean, they both are. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, regardless. So, before today. What would you have put the percentage of Paul George coming back? It's been realistically 50-50. What I would say, mm-hmm. about 70-30. 70 that he's coming 70 back? 70 in favor that he comes back. Wow. Like, I've, I've always been, I, I'll be honest with you, probably flip that. 30-70. So probably 30% that he was coming back and 70 that he's going somewhere else. After seeing this... You're, you're up to fifty fifty. I'm up to about thirty five. <laughs> you know, and, and and I and I like. I think I think I think Russell Westbrook really likes Paul George, and I think Paul George really likes Russell Westbrook. Um, and that that could play in our favor. That could definitely play in our favor. And this is something that you didn't really see with Westbrook and Durant. Like you didn't really see them hang out too much in the off season. Yeah, yeah, once or twice, but nothing not. 
it was more like a dinner or an outing like that. It oh, and, and it was something. It was usually something team related. Yeah. Um, like maybe they the team got together off season to do a you know a one week mini camp yeah. in, in L A. or something yeah, like yeah. that. Um, but to see these guys having fun in the off season, I think that bodes well for the chances. Like I said, I'm still just moving up five percent. Um, but to get me to that point. Something had to happen, and this looked pretty good. Yeah, I, I mean, you and I have always been different all uh-huh. year on the Paul George, and, and you have been more pessimistic. Yes. Um, have, you know, I've, rightfully I've so. I've had my heart broken before. You've had your heart broken before. Uh, I have r- decided to remain more optimistic mm-hmm. because I think he's a good fit here. I think there's some potential here. If he doesn't sign and decides to leave for somewhere else, will I be shocked? Not really. Yeah. Um. It's not going to be the end of the world for me. I've been here before. Uh, you know, we just got we're, we're paying for season tickets right yeah. about now. So regardless yeah, of what so, happens, uh, <laughs> we'll, you know, we'll be going I'll, to games next I'll year. I'll still be at game one next <laughs> year. So, uh, you know, it's it's neither here nor there right now. But it is encouraging to see that these guys are still so soon after the season's over are still hooking up. Yeah, it for is. whatever. I mean, ho- hopefully, hopefully Westbrook sees the. Sees maybe the mistakes of the past where he just kind of let Durant do his thing. And he said, you know, we had dinner with him a couple of days ago, me and Nick Collison. Um, What's well, it's funny. I I honestly think like fatherhood has kind of mellowed him out, him out a little bit. That's true. I mean, that, that's that's true. I mean, that's both, the, I both mean, him and PG are both, you know, both fathers. Right. Really, that's the biggest difference mm-hmm. in these situations is his fatherhood may have mellowed him out a little bit. And he realized, you know, and I'm not, and I look, don't get me wrong. I don't think Westbrook recruits dudes. Yeah. I think his, he's more of like a bottom line up front. Like this is what we got for you. Kind of guy. Stay, it's on you. Yeah, yeah. I think he's that kind of guy, but you know, it's good to see. It's encouraging to see them together. Yeah, it is. Now what was now what I freaked out about was when, I want to say a reporter asked Kevin Durant or Kevin Durant gave his opinion or some advice. They, they asked him what advice would he give to Paul George? And I'm like, no, you don't say nothing. No. Shut up. <laughs> cut the camera, cut the cord, so, cut the cord. So that, when I read that, I was like, no. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so that's basically it for thunder news at this point, uh, up to this, you know, uh, up to this point. Um, there's not, going to probably be too much thunder news until we start to get into the draft until we start to get into a free agency uh, but we do have a couple dates so i believe up to about uh was it june uh, i think 14th no no it's, it's like 29th or something like that which is the last day for both um carmelo anthony and paul george to opt into their deals so carmelo anthony you know still has a player option for 27.9 28 million dollars and so, I mean, it's an option that if he doesn't want to go through this again, he may opt out. I th- I, I'm pretty sure he's going to opt in and just be like, look, either I stay or you get me somewhere I want to go, you know, regardless. Because he still has the player option. No, the um, no trade clause. Yeah, he still has that. So he has to accept. But, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's a lot easier now in that whatever team gets him, you know, maybe they just want to clear salary. Maybe you know, there's a lot of options for Carmelo, which we we might get into next the next podcast. There's a lot of there's a ton of options, um, but you may have a team that wants to clear salary for the future, past this year, and so they'll take on Carmelo 
which his contract ends after this year. And so, the, you know, they're off the books for that money. Um, so there's a lot of options for Carmelo. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll a, see. A, we could just end up buying him out. Yeah, we, but we still owe that money. Like, yeah. Like, do you want to get so, – so the question becomes, do you want future money added on? Like, you may – you know, let's – I've always looked at Miami. And you could say, like, you know, Waiters and Olenek for Carmelo. The thing is with Waiters and Olenek is they have, I believe, one more year after this, after next season. You know, so so we're still paying into luxury tax type thing because of that. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, just kind of – I don't want a situation where he has to sit home and he's collecting money. Yeah. You know, I don't want that cancer – that cancerous type situation to kind of play itself out. Um, so let's kind of delve into the uh, the rest of the league. Um, all right, so we're into the second round of the playoffs, and right now uh, Cleveland just got done taking a 3-0 lead on the Raptors uh, with LeBron hitting the game-winning shot off the glass. Um, heck of a shot. Heck of a, you know, Toronto had to come back in this game, and they actually, you know, they actually did. But man, <laughs> LeBron just putting his foot on he, the throats of the Raptors. He is the king of Toronto. I mean, that man of LeBronto. Yeah, LeBronto. That. I I think I think if he makes it to the finals this year and he's playing against the Warriors, I think you need to put like a contact lens into his eye. In which all he sees is Raptors players, <laughs> and you know he'll be he'll be the LeBron from two years ago that actually you know won the championship for for Cleveland. That, yeah, that man just owns. Cle- I mean, uh, Toronto. It, it just, it's just it, it's sad for them. I, I feel kind of sad for them. It's, and it's just it just makes no sense because this Cleveland team was literally struggling with Indiana. Yeah, and the Raptors are a much better team and have arguably the best bench. Bunny ears, much yeah. better team. I mean. Record-wise, they're a better team, and they have undoubtedly the best bench in the league this yeah. season. And it just doesn't matter. LeBron owns them. They're, they're, he went to Toronto, and pl- he basically Baker Mayfield them and planted his flag. Yeah, and then came back home and kissed it off the glass. Oh, he ripped their hearts out. And oh, it's just. I mean, they 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 had maybe a little bit of hope. You know, they tied the game on the uh, OG and an OB three pointer. Had a little bit of hope. And man, <laughs> he just came back. And he took it full, full length of the court. Yep. Came back, drove on the left side, went up off the glass. Game game on. time. <laughs> it's it, he it, that that series is over with. That series is done. Maybe out of desperation Toronto wins one more. That series is done. No, nah, that series is over. Another series that's done. Philly and Boston. The process not complete. No, it's not looking like it's complete too much. I mean, it's 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 amazing to me what Brad Stevens has done with this Boston team. Mm-hmm. I mean, from the first game of the season where Gordon Hayward goes out with an ugly ankle injury. The first five minutes, yeah. Exactly, to, you know, coming into the playoffs, you lose Kyrie Irving. And still, that team is just solid. Jason Tatum, that Terry team, Rozier, uh, Jalen Brown, these dudes are just balling out of control. I mean, it's like it's like Bruce Lee, be like water. Just, <laughs> it's just, it's just. To the. To the point that people are actually questioning whether Philly should have taken Tatum instead of Fultz. Oh, they should have. I mean, <laughs> but anyways, outside of that, 
they're just they're it's Brad Stevens. We're see, we're we are seeing. I, I think we're seeing a new generation of real good young coaches within Brad Stevens, uh, Quinn Snyder in Utah. We're just seeing a kind of like the new generation or guys getting actually getting shots because uh, Utah's coach Quinn Snyder. I was like, I'm sure he's been an assistant for a long time. Yeah, well, Quinn Snyder used to be in college. He used to he used to do. Uh, Missouri, he's the I think I think he was a coach for Missouri. I think he coached another, and I think he had some controversies there at Missouri. Um, longtime head, uh, longtime assistant coach in Miami, David Fisdale is now with the New York with Knicks. New York Knicks. Um, I think Fizz is going to be a good coach. He just has to get in the right situation. Yeah, um, um, Becky Hammond's actually getting an interview with Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Yeah, hey, good for her. She'll man. be the she's the first female assistant coach. To interview, and she's the no, first. she's the first female assistant coach, and now she'll be the first female. Now she'll be the first female interview for a head coaching job. Yeah, and then I think Phoenix they hired Igor Igor Krakakov or something. Yeah, like that. he was an assistant coach for for Utah. Utah, yeah, yeah. So he, could, I mean, we're, I think we're starting to see a, a pretty good um, crop of young coaches that are coming up and kind of taking over for the Greg Popoviches the. You know the Rick Carlisles of of the NBA that are starting to get older and probably, you know. So in this Philly game, Philly blew that game. Yeah, so I didn't see this game. They so. gave this game away multiple times with bad turnovers, mm-hmm. um, and they blew this game. And so they were down two, ninety eight to ninety six. Uh-huh. Um, inbounds play, they get to ball the Bellinelli in the corner. He's got maybe like one point seven seconds left, something like that. Uh-huh. Gets the ball, pulls it. I mean, literally catches, turns around, shoots, drains it. And they, so everybody everybody they, thinks it was. A everybody thinks it's a three. They blow the confetti. Oh! In the arena, they review it. It's clearly a two point. His feet are both his feet are clearly over the line. Oh wow! Two point. They go into overtime. Overtime is delayed because they are collecting confetti off the floor, and it's still falling from the ceiling. And they're picking it up as they go. Uh, to get into overtime. So they blew the confetti early. They, and then, of course, just blow the game in overtime again. What I, what I have found kind of impressive with um, Boston's run is not just the young players. You know, you have Tatum, you have uh, Jalen Brown, which I think Jalen Brown is out for the playoffs now because of some sort of reason. Yeah, he's hurt. His knee or something like that. Terry Rozier. Terry Rozier, every game that goes by, that guy is making himself a lot of money. Scary Terry. Oh, and what's man. awesome is, uh, you know, he had his little kerfuffle with uh, Eric, Eric Bledsoe. Bledsoe. That was awesome. <laughs> so game one of this Philly series, he rocks a Drew Bledsoe jersey yeah. to the arena. And so later you find out that Drew Bledsoe posts on social media, he's wearing a Scary Terry shirt <laughs> for game tight. one watching the thing. And, you know, Drew Bledsoe is still loved in New England. Stay petty. Uh, and so, so that is just awesome. Uh, his his personality shining through and the pettiness that is. Mm. It's let's be honest. It's great for the league to have little things. It like is, that. yeah. But, uh, but but it's great for the league. But it's it's great that you're seeing guys that wouldn't necessarily get too much attention. You know, if it weren't for else, yeah. if it weren't for an injury, if it weren't for you know. So you're seeing the talent in the league. There's a lot of talent within the league. Um. So yeah, Terry Rozier, that's you know good for him, and he's 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 quickly becoming one of my favorite players as far as outside of the Thunder. Um, but yeah, so so one of the big things takeaways from the series is how bad Ben Simmons is struggling. Dude, they're suffocating him on defense. Well, I mean, so so the number one defense in the league was Boston. Number two defense in the league was Utah, mm-hmm. and so you see kind of the principles that they're applying 
to teams that don't have great shooters. Ben Simmons, for as good as he is, he, he can't shoot. He's a horrible shooter. Yeah. He cannot shoot. He just he just have, happens to be physically and athletically much bigger than most of the guys guarding him. And he's so a 6'10 point guard. The yeah, he's able to drive past like him. Magic. Or LeBron. I mean, well, Yeah, but LeBron is more <laughs> of a forward. He's not a point guard. Point forward. Yeah, he's a forward. No, he's not. He's man. a forward who can handle the ball. He's a forward that plays point. He's a forward that can handle the ball. He's not. Listen, I know you don't no. like LeBron no, as much is, as other people no, do. I, yes, that's true. But <laughs> he's still a forward. He's a forward who can handle the ball. No, he's not. Yes, he is. He's a point guard, man. No, he's not. LeBron a point guard. James he's had point guards. Kyrie Irving was his point no, guard. No, LeBron, LeBron James is a point guard. He may play forward, uh, no but guard. whenever, when, whenever, whenever they need something. That guy's handling the ball. He's a he's a forward, and and you know eight eight assists per game for his entire career. He's a point guard. Sorry to tell you that. Is Durant a point guard too. Uh, look at the look at the assist numbers. No, he's not. <laughs> Is the ball not in his hands when they need to play? I uh, know. I mean, in well, in no. In guess 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 who brings it up? Steph Curry. Guess who brought it up years ago? Russell Westbrook. But as soon as they cross that half court line, who's the ball? Who's what were the ball? Well, I mean, yeah, okay, fine, okay, but no, it's okay, man. It's okay, it's okay. I mean, I know you didn't like that shot today, but it's okay. No, I mean the the <laughs> shot was phenomenal. I can't take anything away from that shot. It was unbelievable. Yeah. But yeah, so that series is over with. Uh, so we look at Houston. They're up two one on Utah. Utah stuns them in game two. And actually won that game. Yeah, and Utah they, came out swinging. And they applied a lot of the uh, the same principles that they used against us. Um, and so, you know, Harden struggled in that game. Chris Paul kind of struggled in that game. Um, but, man, game, <laughs> game three, three was something whew. different. They were up by 30 at half. And they were like, you know, 35 kind of in the third quarter type thing. And there was no coming back from that. They, yeah. they got killed in game three. So, you, so Houston's up 2-1. And then Golden State, you know, Golden State dominated games one and game two. Pretty handily. But game three, <laughs> Pelicans did a pretty good job of handling them. Yeah, Pelicans came out on fire. Uh, the pettiness that we talk about, who you got, Rondo versus Draymond. Because oh. honestly, I'm loving what Rondo's doing right now. I'm loving what he's doing, but I always go with And Draymond. I'm all for it. And you know what? Draymond came out and was like, uh, you know, I know what they're trying to do. Yeah, They're just trying to stir the pot. And then Rondo Rondo comes back out and was like, "Nah, that's what he's trying to do." Yeah, that's what he does. That's 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 his mo right there. <laughs> Somebody else is trying to do the same thing that he does. Um, but but yeah, I mean it's 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 all good and you know it's all good and fun. So did you did you catch that after like game one? I think it was the whole Barkley thing where he said that he yes, would, so he I, would punch him. Yeah, and I understand what Barkley was saying. Yeah, I do. And different he was, era. He was good up until the point where he said, he "I would, wanted to punch him." Yeah, I would punch him because as a, you're now a member of the media, you can't say things like that. Yeah. I think what you were saying beforehand, I th- deep- you're okay. That's you yeah. being you, right? That's nothing new for Charles Barkley. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you you can't say I want to punch you. And yeah. to Draymond's credit, he came back with a line, uh, you know, basically saying, you, "You're not you're not doing that when you see me." Yeah. Right. And and that's cool, and I think Draymond handled it great, mm-hmm. uh, except for the fact let, let's not act like like Charles Barkley wouldn't throw hands. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, of course that on was the court, 20, yeah, 30, yeah. But let's not act like Charles Barkley yeah, those, wasn't a guy who threw those, hands. Those great games were like you know him and Lambeer or him and Bird or him and Shaq, him and Shaq, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, but it was 
it spoke it spoke too true of him being the old guy and him saying, Well, in my day, yeah, you know, in, in my, my day, day I would have handled him. You know, and it's just kinda like you're showing your age, you're showing your you know, you're showing your your inability to be competitive in your older age. And even though you have a microphone in front of your face now, trying to be competitive. And I was watching. You know, trying to keep that competitive fire up. Yeah, I was watching, was it game three? Or maybe it was game two of the uh-huh. Golden State. Some Curry does something in the lane, gets fouled, and just straight squats and, you know, the double shoulders like mm-hmm. he's too strong. I'm like, this man 15 years ago would never live to see the second <laughs> half if he had did something like that. <laughs> Like, that means- literally, the next round down, Charles Barkley, Charles Oakley, yeah. Dennis Rodman. These dudes would be waiting for him to yeah, come that's down. Not, that's not the NBA now. It's man. not, it's which not is which is more, like, incredible to how, uh, in a matter of, what, 10, 15 to 20 years, yeah. the, the game has changed because, you know, you would have never had guards, especially his size. I mean, he's like 6'1", six, 6'2". Six <laughs> six yeah. You know, he's not the tallest of point guards. He's not the biggest either. He's not exactly. You wouldn't have dudes like that stunting on people, stunting on seven foot guys. Yeah. Oh, I know, I know, I know. It's it's it's, it's, a, it's a different game. Yeah. And it's a different game. And so a lot of the guys that played in the game, you know, 15, 20 years ago, they're starting to become like the guys that came back, you know, well in my day when the, I was in Nam, we did this. The and, crotchety you know, old man. Yeah, exactly. Get off my lawn, you know, you punks and blah blah blah. I mean, and and the thing is, like, we're kind of in the middle of it because we grew up in that era. Yeah, we grew up watching. And that now, era. now we're kind of covering this this era, and so we're kind of in the middle. And we can kind of see where, you know, the older guys are like, man, that crap wouldn't fly when yeah. I played. But then I can kind of see the new guys saying, "Look, y'all shut up. We're playing now." Yeah, type thing. You know, um, I'm kind of in between. While I I don't want <laughs> I don't want dudes like like Larry Bird, Dr. J grabbing each other's by the throat kind of situations. I also would like to see a little bit more physicality. I think you're seeing a little paint. bit of it. And I, t- in the playoffs. T- yeah, in the but I would like to see that kind of more come back consistently throughout the year. Yeah. Now, I'm not talking about like Charles Oakley straight slapping a dude kind oh, of yeah. situation. Let's, not, let's not let's not let's not bring back the piston bad boy. Yeah, not like that, but I would mm-hmm. like to see a little bit, you know, let these guys touch up some of the smaller guys, if, if they want to dare come in the lane, you know, yeah. put a, let them put a body on a guy without necessarily being a foul. Well, let's not get back to the to the uh, the era where literally guys were trying to hurt other. No, other no, 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 no. I just I just want a little bit. You know, let I want a little more body contact yeah. without necessarily it being a foul. No, I get that. I get that. Um, so, so who you got in this series? So the first, the Eastern Conference series are done. Yeah, you still got Houston and Golden State? I still have Houston and Golden State. Do you see any of these series going seven games? I think maybe the Pelicans. Yeah. Uh, uh, maybe. That's, to me, the best shot of it going seven mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, Anthony Davis has just been phenomenal. Look what he did and, you know, yeah. what they did to Portland. Uh, so I think if they can get it together, I think the Pelicans have the best shot of pushing this series. Let me ask you a crazy question with the Pelicans. I know this is something that maybe, like, this is an offseason type question, but – so they have the ability to sign Boogie. Mm-hmm. Do they? Here's the thing. They actually, by the numbers, play better with Miracic four than they do with Boogie. Because that's the new NBA. And so I think you have to. I think you sign him to a short-term deal. Um, but and- you, you know how Boogie gets. Like, I know he's been a good soldier while he's been in New Orleans. But you know how Boogie gets whenever he's in a situation where 
he doesn't really like what's going on around yes, him. Yes, but Anthony Davis and Boogie together have been unstoppable. Have they? Yeah, when they were playing the when they were playing together, the numbers mm. now while over a longer period of time, the numbers show that Miritich is a better complement to Anthony Davis. When those two guys were in there, yeah, playing together, and Boogie had his head on right, they were they were it was almost like a a Zach Randolph, Mark Gasol during the grit and grind mm. Grizzly days. I don't know. That's that's I I think that's gonna be a big. Um, I think you offer him like a three year deal. I would offer him a one year deal. I would offer him like a huge one year deal. Like like you know how like Lakers did with one year, nineteen million for Contavious yeah. Caldwell Pope. Philly did with uh JJ Reddick one year with a twenty five million, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Um I think you offer him one year. Then you know, you do the whole you, you do the standard two year player option on the second year. Yeah, you made fifty million dollars. Yeah, he's know. coming from an Achilles injury. This is not a, a so. simple thing to come over. So I think you definitely offer him like a one year, two year deal, mm-hmm. um, just to see if it will work out, and kind of just see if. What kind of what kind of scares me is that they'll they'll kind of do the five year one or do the four or five year I max. I don't think so. And then let's say he doesn't come back from this injury as well as he should, which Achilles injuries, you know, you Demarcus Cousins was never going to be the most athletic guy anyway. You know, he's just a big, burly guy that could, you know, dribble the ball a little bit, shoot from outside just a little bit. But most of his work is done inside. Um, so him having an Achilles and having to, you know, he's not going to turn into a, a guard, you know, just, you know, right, dribbling right. the ball around and things like that. Uh, but still, it kind of scares you. So I, my worry is that New Orleans goes ahead and, you know, signs him to a four- or five-year contract I, see, and, I don't, and then I, it becomes untradeable. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think New Orleans is going to put themselves in a situation like that. <clears throat> It'll be a very inter- interesting to see. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and we'll go ahead and stop here. Uh, we got some more things to talk about next week. Um, but I do want to kind of thank everybody that has listened to this podcast throughout this year. You know, this, this has been kind of our first year doing this. Um, and I know it hasn't been a year yet, you know, the summertime will be a year and we'll probably bring you something uh, big time when it comes to that one year anniversary. Uh, but this has been the first season that we have done this. And so I want to thank everybody that has kind of participated, has listened to our podcast, has sent in questions. Um, you guys have really been a big part of us continuing to do this. And one of our big promises that we hope to kind of keep as we move on with this is to be more consistent, to do this, you know, weekly um, and maybe even add in a you know a sprinkle here or there as far as a midweek yeah, one. Develop more content, um, develop more avenues, uh, work on this uh, YouTube thing, get that up and running. Yeah, uh, definitely. Work on some other things. So we've been learning and growing as we go. Uh, appreciate anybody listening out there. Uh, appreciate any inputs that you guys give us. Uh, just want to say thank you for listening in this first season. Yeah. So I mean, if you have, you know, if you have any any type of suggestions you know if you listen to our podcast and you say well maybe you can do this better maybe you can do that better maybe you can add you know maybe a segment or maybe add a you know add a game in there or something like that um feel free to you know feel free to go ahead and talk to us on twitter feel, feel free to go ahead and leave any type of comment feel free to leave any type of uh of you know itunes type score on the our itunes page we would prefer a five star uh, type thing but if you want to leave us you know a little bit lower than that and give us some comments that'd be great also uh, but other than that thank you everybody for for the first season uh, that we've done this unfortunately it was a disappointing season 
Uh, but it was not just in doing this, um, both of us together. And we, we look forward to continuing to do this for seasons to come from here. So thank you very much, and we will talk to you guys next week. Have a good day. Past month. I mean, you did big time for the past month. <laughs> Where you been at?